0: Welcome to the Centric Podcast. Today, we're talking about a new update coming to PlayStation Plus. Dinosaurs are cool again, and we now know just how long a wizard can run. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Hey, it's Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geek Centric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geek Centric. Joining me for this week in Geek, uh, he listen, he went to the doctor and discovered that his run time is also shorter than we expected. It's Justin <laughs> Lawrence.
1: <laughs> Does that mean I'm going to
0: die soon? Oh my no, I, I meant like running, like you can't run very far. I don't know. I haven't gone for a run with you. I probably can't run as fast as you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could run fast either so it's okay, no. I'm, I'm, okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm mediocre at that so. <laughs> well how's How it going you?
0: man I'm doing I'm doing good I um I wanted to know before we kind of dive into the show here you know we we just had the lovely experience of April fools yet again in an age where we really don't need that level of stress and, and disappointment in our lives but I wanted to ask you uh, was there anything that fooled you last Friday
1: Oh man, they tried so hard with some of the stories that yeah. they were trying to pull. Like, I I just couldn't believe that uh, they went there. I think um, I didn't record any, but there were there were some f- f- some casting news, and I think one of them is is that well, oh, we will one hundred percent see Wolverine, like the new Wolverine, and and this new Doctor Strange movie. Oh really? And confirmed, <laughs> and I'm like it's not confirmed get out of here with your nonsense um but yeah they they went they went wild on april 1st they took liberty of that i I saw you even you even had fun with that as well
0: oh yeah absolutely i posted uh, a little a little joke that i might already have been watching uh the multiverse uh sadly that is not true uh it is an april fool's day joke but i um you know, I I saw a bunch. I know there was one. I'm really excited for uh, as of this recording, uh, the new Lego, the Skywalker Saga comes out yes. uh, tomorrow, and uh, yeah. they they put out <laughs> the developers put out uh, a a tweet saying that it was delayed indefinitely again, uh, and everyone like freaked oh. out. I didn't I didn't freak out because I knew I'd already seen people like reviewing and stuff. There's no way, but for me, I'm I'm usually pretty good about it, but. Um, it's usually the first thing in the morning that gets me. Like it's just the first thing mm-hmm. where I I've, I'm waking up and I forgot that it's April Fool's Day. So huge shout out to Good Mythical Morning. Uh, have you ever watched any Good Mythical Morning, Justin? I have not. No. They're um they're like a variety morning show on YouTube and they they do games and stuff usually involving like gross food and really like sort of just really creative. Uh, games and things like that. And uh, when they do have a new game, they always take the time to explain the rules. And so, you know, I'm sitting there eating my breakfast and I, I knew that, like, it, they they had to explain the rules for this game that they were calling, like, we spend a million dollars at the dollar store <laughs> or something like that. And, and they get a lot of comments for, like, sometimes their rules being so... They're very, like, complicated. So... I'm sitting having my breakfast, and I'm watching them explain the rules for this game in a 25-minute long video. And at about minute eight of them still explaining the rules, I realized what was going on. They just spent the entire 25 minutes explaining random <laughs> rules. It's honestly so incredible. I encourage anyone listening to go check out the the April 1st episode of, of Good Mythical Morning because they just they knocked it out of the park. And I just had to like so stop cool. halfway through my breakfast and I was like, these mother, like, how- they got me, they got me. Um, that's good, yeah, man,
1: that's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but you know what, as, as much as there was a lot of uh, fake news, uh, there was also some real news that I think we should uh, dig into. It's all about the details. All right. So before we get to uh, some more news from around uh, the Geekiverse, uh, I wanted to take a a moment to uh, reflect and uh, recognize um, that uh, the legendary Estelle Harris... Uh, has left us. Uh, She died at the age of 93. Um, I've got a report here from Matt Grobar of Deadline, who writes, uh, Estelle Harris, who played George Costanza's mother, uh, Estelle, on the iconic NBC sitcom Seinfeld, died Saturday evening of natural causes in Palm Desert, California, just weeks before her 94th birthday. Uh, In a quote, her son said, It is with great remorse and sadness to announce that Estelle Harris has passed on this evening at 6.25 p.m. Uh, uh, Glenn Harris, who held her uh, son—sorry— Glenn Harris, who held her as she drew her final breath, uh, goes on to say, her kindness, passion, sensitivity, humor, empathy, and love were practically unrivaled, and she will be terribly missed by all those who knew her. Uh, Beyond her infamous role in Seinfeld, she was also known to book over 25 national TV spots per year. uh, And Mm -hmm. she also was featured in, get ready for this, Futurama, The Looney Tunes Show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, iCarly, ER, Mind of Mencia, Phil of the Future, Dave the Barbarian, Kim Possible, The Proud Family, House of Mouse, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Godzilla the Series, The Wild Mm. Thornberries, Hercules, Sybil, Living Single, Moesha the Mask, nightstand star trek voyager the tick aladdin good advice mad about you married with children and of course uh how i think i promise i I probably remember her the most is as the voice of mrs potato head in pixar's toy story franchise Mm -hmm. harris is survived by a total of three children as well as three grandsons uh and a great grandson uh plans for a memorial have not yet been disclosed so obviously You know this is sad news and our thoughts and prayers go out to the entire harris family uh but what a legacy estelle leaves behind you know like just absolutely incredible
1: yeah she, she as you've you know listed out there she's had a lengthy career but she will forever be george costanza's mother And you know that was just you know the iconic role. She she obviously was did a lot of voice work though. Oh yeah, based on that list, yeah, it's crazy to think. I mean, she had uh, such
0: an incredible in like voice that was so original, right? Like,
1: oh yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense, right? But I don't know. I feel like for everyone, will always remember her as George's mom. Oh yeah.
0: I mean, I just think back like. One of my favorite lines that she says is when she comes in and I, I'm, I'm trying to remember what she catches George doing something, something awful, but she's just like, she's like, I come home and I see my son treating his body like an amusement park.
1: <laughs> like it's so, <laughs> so fantastic.
0: Um, she's just, she's so incredible. And I think, you know, seeing this is just making me want to just watch all of her scenes in Seinfeld again, and 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 rewatch Toy Story two and, and things like that.
1: Yeah, I probably will rewatch some of her moments. I, I love the one when she finds out that the woman that uh, she was talking to when their phone line, the phone lines were 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 crossed yeah she thought she was getting advice from a chinese woman yeah it was she wasn't chinese she was a white woman and she was like i was stooped i was stooped i'm not i'm not falling for it it was it was (laughs) some great comedy acting i i you can see it's always hard it was always hard for them to kind of keep a straight face in those moments Mm because they would lose it right
0: oh absolutely and i think Again, it's just it's just one of those things where like she's she's such a professional. The learning about like I didn't even know this learning about the fact that she did she would do like 25 international TV spots a year. Like that's that's huge like just like international TV spots. So, um, yeah, I think she uh, you know, she's 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 in a better place now. But um, obviously she's going to be missed. And, and again, our, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to her entire family and anyone who knew her personally. Yeah. Um, Let's, let's keep going. We uh, This first news story that we have, um, also a, a bit of sort of sad news as well from within the industry. Uh, Bruce Willis to retire from acting following aphasia diagnosis. This in a write-up from James White uh, from Empire Online who writes, Bruce Willis's family has announced that the veteran actor is to retire from his career following the diagnosis of the cognitive brain disorder known as aphasia. The condition which leads to the loss of the ability to understand or express speech was discovered after Willis had been having some health issues. Taking to social media, his wife, Demi Moore, and his children shared the same post across their accounts. Uh, Quote, To Bruce's amazing supporters, as a family, we wanted to share that our beloved Bruce has been experiencing some health issues and has recently been diagnosed with aphasia, which is impacting his cognitive abilities. As a result of this, and with much consideration, Bruce is stepping away from the career that has meant so much to him. Continuing, this is a really challenging time for our family and we are so appreciative of your continued love, compassion and support. The family statement then says we are moving through this as a strong family unit and wanted to bring his fans in because we know how much he means to you as you do to him. As Bruce always says, live it up and together we plan to do just that. Uh, the 67-year-old had been working in movies and TV for a while when he first gained attention as the dramatic David Addison ob- uh, up opposite Sybil Shepherd's Maddie in the romantic drama series Moonlighting. Um, but I think we know him most from his iconic role uh, where he, he really became an action star in Die Hard. Um, and, of course, he's worked with you know a swath of directors, including M. Night Shyamalan, yeah. Quentin Tarantino, Terry Gilliam, Um, So, Mm -hmm. Justin, I mean, obviously, this is, again, more sad news out of the industry, but it does seem like this is for the best and that it's it's for his. health. Yeah,
1: it's better that it, it happens now rather than happening in some very unfortunate circumstance. And it looks like he has the support of his family, obviously, given the fact that they all shared the post and. They're, they're going to be there for him. So it's good that he has that support. He has a system in place that's going to be able to help him. But you're right. At times like this, it's like really recalling a lot of his movies. Now, I got to say, a lot of the movies that he had done as of recently, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they do feel kind of. For the purpose of just still being in movies, they're not as iconic as you know something like Fifth Element or uh, you know Pulp Fiction. Or right. I, I I really loved him in 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 The Whole Dying Yards uh, with with Matthew Perry, a very uh, dark comedy. Uh, story, it's absolutely fantastic. If you have not seen it, watch it. Uh, you can skip the whole ten yards, but the whole nine yards is is fantastic. And you know, again, uh, the last Boy Scout, he him and Marlon Wayans, it, it would old old movie that I, I remember watching with my uncle a long time ago. Like he built uh, a career as being this action star. So, yeah. um, and then he transitioned. He he obviously transitioned when he started getting into some more comedic roles and some some more dramatized roles. I think Sixth Sense is obviously something that for uh, he'll ever be you know remembered for uh, yeah. uh, him and Haley Joel Osment. and Haley Joel Osment actually put out a tweet as well a really heartfelt tweet uh, kind of acknowledging um, I think it was a tweet but he made a statement just acknowledging uh, you know what Bruce Willis, did for him at that young age uh, when they were so working so closely together so yeah i mean
0: i'm i, I mean I, i'll admit that i you know aside from some of the movies you already mentioned as well as some, like movies like unbreakable um and oh, yeah. like sin city um i've i've not i've not seen you know every single movie that he's been in mm-hmm. i haven't even seen every single die hard that he's been oh, in for I've, sure. I've, yeah. you know but i will say yeah. he again this is another situation where you look you look at his imdb and you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling the man worked uh and he
1: was an actor he was invested he was yeah. invested in his, his his practice and he he did a really good job so yeah you know they're not all winners you know some of them are going to be stinkers but you know he he was committed to his practice yeah, yeah. very cool
0: Yeah. I mean, I think his, my favorite role was him in Rugrats Go Wild as the voice of Spike. Uh, No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) Um, But yes, uh, to, to obviously to the entire family, um, we wish you all the best. And I'm, I'm, I think, you know, I like the aspect that, that they're going to just kind of um, just spend more time together. You know what I mean? I think that's. That's the best thing that you can do when, whenever this sort of thing hits you is to just be with your family uh, and the people that care about you and love you most as opposed to continuing to work. And, you know, he's, he's left behind uh, an, an, an incredible legacy as an actor. It's, you know, we'll just have to wait and see kind of what he does outside of the, the yeah. acting space. So um yeah. Okay, let's let's keep on moving on here to our next news story. Um, PlayStation officially announces all-new PlayStation Plus subscription with multiple tiers and retro games. Uh, this news brought to us by Joe Scrubbles at IGN, who reports Sony has finally revealed its Xbox Game Pass competitor in an all-new PlayStation Plus that brings together the existing PS Plus and PS Now into a three-tier subscription service that includes up to 700 games and access to retro games at the top tier, it'll be open uh, for some markets in June and roll out worldwide regionally after that. Uh, after months of reports and even longer being speculated about, Sony uh, finally revealed the new service uh, as of today, uh, as of the writing of this article. And it consists of three tiers PlayStation Plus Essential, PlayStation Plus Extra, and PlayStation Plus Premium. Uh, I'm glad they didn't do PlayStation Plus Plus Uh, as part of the move. PS Now will be closed down uh, with members migrated to the premium tier with no change to prices at launch. Uh, So I'm going to kind of give you a breakdown, Justin, of these three tiers. So, So stick with me on this one. Okay. So PlayStation Plus Essential is the same PlayStation Plus service that currently exists. No changes to current pricing. It includes, again, the two monthly downloadable games, discounts, uh, saved game cloud storage, and online multiplayer for most games. So that's, that's PlayStation essential Um, but then we've get we've got playstation plus extra which is the medium tier this tier includes all the same benefits as essential uh, and adds a catalog of around 400 ps4 and ps5 games that can be downloaded at any time Mm -hmm. while you're a member Uh, obviously Mm -hmm. most of those will be ps4 games (laughs) because there's not a ton of ps5 games already out Uh, it includes first party and third party games but no new exclusives will launch into the service. Uh, this is obviously a little bit different than Xbox Game Pass where all first party yeah. titles released by Microsoft are on that service at launch so um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, PlayStation Plus Extra is going to cost $14.99 monthly, $39.99 quarterly, and ninety 90- ninety nine ninety nine dollars 99 yearly uh, with no Canadian prices announced at this time so that's just American pricing. And then lastly, we've got PlayStation Plus Premium, which includes everything from Essentials and Extras, uh, as well as it adds 340 extra games to the catalog including PS1, yeah. PS2 and PSP games for streaming and downloading. PS3 games will also be available but only to stream. Streaming can mm. be carried out on a PS4, PS5 and PC uh, and premium members will also receive limited time trials of some games. In the US that service will cost 17.99, 49.99 uh, 17.99 a month, 49.99 quarterly and 119.99 yearly. Again, with no Canadian prices announced, you'd have to assume it'll be similar. But Justin, is this a good enough value here? Do you think you want to subscribe to this new PS Plus in June or are you going to stick with what you have?
1: Well, I I think I'm going to upgrade for sure. I just don't know if I'll do PlayStation Plus Extra or Premium. I guess I got to see the games in Premium, the retro games, Yeah, because that might that might be the, you know, the the deciding factor for me i I do like some of the retro games Mm -hmm. um but that being said i i do think that it's nice that they've created a three-tier system and at least with this middle tier if you're wanting to play more current games by the sounds of it you know ps4 and as you said ps5 even though that there's not a, a lot of ps5 games out at this moment yeah um I think that 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 does give that advantage. So you can really you could you could harness the existing hardware that you have. It's interesting too with PlayStation Premium. Like you could stream it. So like you could go into a browser and stream it. So you'd have to ensure that you have a gaming PC though to do this, right? Like you couldn't just do this on a on a some you know basic bitch PC. <laughs> like <laughs> well, <have> it, <laughs> it'll be. You know what I mean? I mean that's kind of the the beauty of of
0: streaming these. Justin is that is that it, it does kind of do all the processing in the cloud, right? So the idea being that, like, I already know Game Pass, they are, they're trying to get that on as many things that they possibly can, uh, whether that be through a browser, an app, or, or however they, they possibly can on Microsoft's side. So to see Sony and PlayStation kind of uh, going that route, it's, I think it will be interesting. But I think you nailed something in your initial sort of uh, thought process there, which is it's about the games. Right, I've I've uh, I've personally tested PS Now before, which is their their current streaming service yeah. where you can stream PS2 and, and PS3 games and such, uh, and it's fine. But I'm I'm just worried that like for me, I'm gonna get excited to play these retro games and then never actually play them. So for I I think I kind of would want to go in maybe for like the monthly version of the the premium tier, not the yearly version, because I just don't know how much I'll actually. Uh, get invested in it unless they they really show us these games like I, I we need to see what they're talking about
1: yeah we need to see what games that, that are an option and, and even just going back to the idea of streaming if you are going to be streaming I guess PS1 PS2 uh, games and PSP games streaming those would probably be better it's this PS3 uh, idea that makes me you know that those probably have some processing power that needs to run those those games but mm-hmm. that being said I, I totally agree with you I think that the, the nostalgia of playing a a retro game is fun a few times. But yeah. when you really look at what you have at your disposal in terms of like a PS5, are you going to play some old, old game on that? Right. You could be playing a top tier game. It's true. Like I, I, with yeah. the Switch, I have gotten into some playing some of the, the retro uh, NES and SNES games and they're great. They're tons of fun. But then again, at the same time, it's just like, it's not really the best experience for that console and for that system. So now it's like, I love Oli Ollie World. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I, love, I love the games that have these re- really nice, robust graphics. Again, maybe not necessarily graphics, but they're just more up to date. Do you know I mean? I think that's the biggest thing. So while it hits a nostalgia beat, it's just to your point, it doesn't necessarily stick for for too too long,
0: right? Right. Well, I mean, I think it's the difference of going back and playing these games in their original format and going back and playing a remastered version of these games, right? You're you're exactly. so used to the controls and the mechanics that we get out of modern gaming that to go back to these games that you have this this love for, but then sort of fall off. But I will say, um, you know, launching with the service, we also have Death Stranding. Uh, God of War, mm-hmm. Marvel's Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales, yeah. Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal, which I actually haven't even dived into or bought Returnal yet. So I'm kind of excited for, for that aspect as well. And it does sound like, you know, the idea of sort of building out a PS5, uh, even if it's just third party at, at a later time sort of library similar to Game Pass. I think PS4 is really gonna potentially be the strongest draw um, if they can manage to keep a, a you know a huge roster uh, of those games because I know there's still a lot of ps4 games that people would play and and want to play so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see but again I think it's it's ridiculous that their marketing hasn't they didn't they should have launched this with a hype reel of games. Like if I saw Sly Cooper, Resistance, um, there's an indie darling called Critter Crunch that I can't find anywhere to play, uh, at least mm. you know on on a, on a console that I, I I really would love to. If they just showed a bunch of these games in a hype reel to announce this service, it's just it seems crazy to me that they just did this very cut and dry sort of like, here's what it is, it's going to cost more. There you go. <laughs> we'll see you in June. Yeah, I, no? I
1: agree. I, I I guess maybe the reality is is that they're they they haven't maybe flushed out what games and and what they're going to be able to like. I think a hype reel will come, but just maybe not not yet. This is a sort of soft launch, if you will, of of what this, this new branding is going to be. But I, I think a, a, in your initial sort of um, breakdown and, and discussion, you were mentioning, you know, games being simultaneously launched on Xbox, yeah. uh, both, you know, physical and on digital. You know, does this allow them to do that or, or are they... Are they going to even do that? Like, is that something that they they could integrate into that premium, or are they going to do like an ultra premium? You know what I mean? Where it's like you pay for that.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting uh, that you said that because uh, GamesIndustry.biz um, they have an article up where they actually spoke to Jim Ryan, uh, who's the CEO of PlayStation, uh, and his quote says, uh, "Where the investment delivers success." Uh, sorry. We feel like we're in a good virtuous cycle with the studios uh, where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. We like that cycle and we think that gamers like that cycle. So ultimately what he's saying here, and, and if you kind of go through it and, and check out the article, he does talk about the aspect that PlayStation feels like they are the, they are the premium top tier they their games at, at the prices that they're at will sell no matter what and so I f- and, and he's right like he's absolutely right you know I just spent right over a hundred dollars to you know to to play horizon uh on on PlayStation when again you know something like halo I got dressed through game pass um mm-hmm. I, I feel like you know until they until playstation is at a place where they need to make that shift then yeah build this platform up in the current state that yeah. it's in and get it to Makes that sense. place and if they if they end up having to pull a trigger and say you know what now we are going to do first part then boom you you can you, you know if they fall behind but it's just a matter of if they fall behind because they i don't know if they will given the games that are coming out for the for the console so
1: yeah i i i agree i think that the 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 Love for PlayStation really does stem from the physicality of the games, right? Like if they, like you said, if it's a company thing that they decide to do where they can make that shift, they'll, they'll do it when they're ready to.
0: Right. Well, um, let's let's kind of move into our, our next news story here. Um, Doctor Strange 2 runtime revealed and it's way shorter than expected. I don't know if it was way shorter. Than, but anyways, uh, this is a story brought to us by Brandon Lewis from Screen Rant, who reports, with tickets for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness going on sale April 6th, uh, which, would that be Would that Today. be the, the, day that when, yeah. the day that you're listening to if this?
1: The day that you're listening to this. If you haven't already gotten if, your tickets if, if, by now. If, 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 when it, this episode comes out, yeah, yeah exactly. Good, good it, luck. Good luck.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully you did. Uh, listings on Fandango have revealed the upcoming film's Runtime. Uh, according to a now debunked ticket listing, the sequel was originally reported to have a runtime of nearly two and a half hours, which would have made it one of the longest films in the entirety of the MCU. Uh, but now it seems this won't be the case. Multiverse of Madness has an official runtime of two hours and six Minutes. The length of the film may come as a surprise to some, as the previous two MCU movies had fairly long run times. The Eternals clocked in at 2 hours and 30 minutes, and Spider-Man No Way Home came in at 2 hours and 28 minutes, although... You know, long. The falsely reported two and a half hour runtime seemed appropriate due to the nature of the Multiverse of Madness's story. Uh, The film will cover a broad and complex range of multiple realities and deal with different versions of various places and people. A variety of cameos and guest appearances have been hinted at, thus making a longer runtime for the film fairly believable. Uh, But with the shorter runtime now confirmed, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is setting itself up to be packed to the brim so justin uh does this worry you at all or do you think they can pull off what they need given this uh the shorter runtime
1: well i'll tell you this when i when i saw this article I, I was definitely one of those people that was like what that doesn't make any sense uh but maybe it doesn't need that two and a half hours is where, where yeah, i've come to it realize doesn't. right I, I because the reality is is that like you know if this picks up right after Spider-Man, then Spider-Man's done all the groundwork. Yeah. Uh we exactly. just get into conflict number 2. And, you know, and maybe what this movie is really meant to do is really be uh, a a grand introduction into the concept of the multiverse with key characters uh sort of in that in that section of 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 the MCU kind of what that looks like. So I'm I'm interested to see why I I don't think that it's been cut. Like people are flying off the handle here thinking that it's, you know, Oh, it means the movie is going to suffer. I'm (laughs) like, I don't know. It just, it might just, I, I, that I never really got off the, off top of my my head. I was just like, that's crazy though, that it's a lot shorter than anticipated, as you said.
0: Yeah. I think it's, you, you nailed it. The, the, the groundwork has been laid. Stick with me here. I think this might sound silly, but even the aspect of traversing, the multiverse, the way that they do by jumping through portals is going to allow them to fit so much in. We've got the rules established for us as to why a character can be in the Comartage library one second and then New York in the next second, right? We have the understanding and, and we know... How, you know, random characters can show up out of nowhere and that won't feel jarring. We don't need an origin story in this movie necessarily, right? Obviously, we are going to need some exposition, some setup for what's going on, um, for, for what's happening to the world around uh, Doctor Strange. But I think, honestly, it's the only real origin story that they need to potentially give us is a little bit of what's going on with America Chavez where she comes from but I think they could even breeze through that and then give her a richer backstory in another movie or in a series on Disney Plus right like I don't think they need to go too hard on that And I think that's what really affords them the ability that they can just jump in head first the setup has already been done
1: yeah you, that 100% and I also think though that maybe what this is supposed to set up what this is meant to set up is more about the threat that that won't get concluded probably mm. in this movie that will linger that will continue right like again I think that in the fashion of what MCU does with their storytelling I think this is a purposeful movie to help explain more of what we've already seen um, w- and to your point without the need of excessive exposition um, to, to kind of bring it all in and, and make make it make sense if you will
0: Totally. And I, I feel like Benedict Cumberbatch, um, you know, uh, Kevin Feige at the beginning, we reported on this as well. Uh, well, we didn't report on it. Yeah. We read a report. <laughs>
1: but We we, we read uh, someone else's report days <laughs> after it was reported.
0: But he called Benedict Cumberbatch the anchor of the MCU. Yes. So very much in kind of what you're saying, does this movie need to resolve Everything that it's going to introduce, it, absolutely not. It's 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 a it's a setup movie. Uh, it's it's coming off of a, a, a you know the end portion of a Spider-Man a movie, right? And and, yeah. and then and then it's going yeah. to introduce uh, this this brand new sort of threat and and what's really going to be kind of coming through with Phase Four. So I, I I'm not really worried about it at, at all. Um, I think in if anything, it might actually do the, the movie a be bit better. better right and we yeah. we don't need to kind of over explain things it'll it'll kind of push um it, maybe it it did already push them to kind of make this story that's going to be more condensed and, and easier to sort of just fly through and i am i'm stoked for that i i, I don't think these movies need to take um yeah. a terrible amount of time in in setting things up and i think sometimes they even suffer for it so
1: yeah for sure I, i'm an optimistic when it comes to it I, it's you know Again, if this thing was riddled with more maybe behind the scenes issues uh, in terms of production, then I'd be concerned. But uh, at this point, there's nothing to really worry about. I think it'll be interesting to see, as you said, if this benefits and helps the movie or if it benedicts. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> stupid! <laughs> no, that was great. That's a joke I would have made. If Kevin was here, he'd be rolling his eyes. Uh, but
0: <laughs> uh, well, anyways, uh, that is it for our news. Very, um, you know, obviously a little bit of sad news, and then pretty much a very light news week uh, from within the geekosphere. Uh, but let's uh, let's take some time. Let's jump into trailer time.
1: It's trailer
0: time. <coughs> Alright, so our first trailer uh, is uh, one that we actually wanted to cover a little while ago, but of course the Oscars got in the way and, and just slapped it, uh, slapped the opportunity out of our <laughs> our face. Um, right. I, boom, boom. I did. Uh, there we go. Um, I did want to talk about it because uh, it does look really funny and I, I kind of sent it to Justin and we, we had a good chuckle over it. So uh, mm-hmm. this trailer is for Killing It uh, from showrunners Dan Gore and Luke Del Tredici. Um, the description reads as follows. A rags to riches sitcom about class and capitalism. Craig Foster is a bank security guard living in Miami and struggling to make ends meet uh, and has grand plans to become an entrepreneur but has no way of getting his ideas off the ground but a chance encounter with Jillian a down-on-her-luck driver for a ride-hailing service introduces him to the wild world of of, state-sponsored python hunting and he decides wow. to go all in and make his American dreams come true. This is starring Craig Robinson, Claudia O'Doherty, Bell Battle, Scott MacArthur, Stephanie Nogueras, Wyatt Walter, and Jet Miller. And is streamingly streaming exclusively on Peacock starting April 14th. Justin, what did you think of the trailer for Killing It?
1: Man, this trailer looks so much fun, and the yeah. character dynamic between Claudia and Craig—it just yeah. seems like they're they're going to have such a, a sort of fun back and forth dynamic. So I don't know. Like Peacock is really is is really kind of killing it right now with with the content they put out. They have no pun intended. Just wrapped. <laughs> <Whoa. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, the pun is intended. Oh, okay. okay. Um, they they have they have been killing it because mm-hmm. seriously like they they just wrapped bel-air yeah. um they have uh joe versus carol mm-hmm. out right now mm-hmm. um and they have this coming out shortly so you know there's some good content that that they're producing for their
0: yeah man i i'm i'm a huge craig robinson fan um <clears throat> you know obviously his days in the office as daryl philbin um or you know brooklyn Nine Nine as doug judy Um, I just think seeing him lead a show is going to be really, really fun. And Claudia O'Doherty, shout out to her as well. Excellent in, uh, I just watched her in, as Mary Bonnet in Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. Um, And she is, (laughs) she is hilarious in that as well. Um, So I know she's, you know, she's going to be, again, as you said, they're going to be a really good dynamic duo and. I love how the, it, she says the line, "I'm tough." Can't you hear my rugged Australian accent? And she's just so yeah. like little. And um, man, I'm, I, I also loved uh, the line where he's like, um, his friends like, "What about Nemo's mom from Finding Nemo? You think she got what was coming to her?" <laughs> and, and Craig's like, "We don't know Nemo's mom before the movie started." Like, I just I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to it as well. Definitely check out the trailer. Um, the whole yeah. aspect of like. Python hunting is,
1: is, it's is hilarious. It's it's hilarious. So, and it's and it's a cool, like, that's a niche. That was a niche, like, 90s thing that they would call, I think, uh, creature features, if, if I'm not mistaken. Having snakes and large animals, like, right. featured in movies, yeah. there was that gimmick. So in the trailer, you'll see at the end that obvious CGI massive python snake and you know what I mean like I don't know if they're ever going to get that big that looks like it could probably be a dream sequence if anything because it's just it's a massive
0: but uh yeah and I I I just like the idea that she's she's in a ride she does a ride service uh driver and and you know I think that aspect as well because it it really plays off that comedic idea of like when you sit in a ride share you know car and an uber right and you're just like Please don't talk to me. Please don't talk to me. Please don't talk to me. Right? And she's just like, I'm not one of those lame drivers who doesn't talk to you. (laughs) Like, um, I I think, yeah,
1: I think the show's going to have a lot of heart too, man. Like, I think that, I think it'll have some some real heart to it because they're going to be in it together. Yeah. And they're they're both striving to make whatever it is that they can Mm -hmm. for different purposes, but they're in it together. So I think that that's gonna you know lend itself to some 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 dramedy if you will
0: well and obviously he's got you know his relationship with his daughter and he's going through a divorce right and so um i definitely can see that and craig craig robinson has those chops i've seen him in dramatic sides as well for sure um the only downside i have with this whole thing though is how are we gonna watch it in canada because peacock is not in it's is it in canada
1: it's on showcase
0: okay and showcase i can stream through crave
1: no through stack tv
0: stack tv okay all right. Well, I'll, f- I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Um, and, and hopefully I'll be able to, uh, to watch the show when it comes out. Uh, streaming on Peacock, April 14th. Um, let's, let's move on to our next trailer here. This one I thought was really intriguing. This actually dropped uh, really recently. The Quest, uh, brought to the screen mm-hmm. by Academy Award winning and Emmy winning teams behind Lord of the Rings, The Amazing Race, And Queer Eye is a sentence I never thought I would say in my life. Uh, The Quest is a groundbreaking immersive hybrid competition series that drops eight real-life teenagers, or in this show they're called Paladins, into the fantastical fictional world of Everrealm, where they must uh, save a kingdom by fulfilling an ancient prophecy. Throughout eight episodes, uh, the series will see these heroes uh, immersed in a fantasy world come to life, complete with a castle royals ethereal fates and all forms of mystical creatures uh, as well as a sorceress intent on destruction and power this is going to be starring mel (laughs) marabian elliot ross emily gately harry aspinwall and Kerwin thompson and of course this is streaming on disney plus on may 11th justin what did you think of the quest
1: well, color me interested. Right? What what they're basically proposing is a game show with yeah. a narrative fictional twist to it yeah. where it's almost like being in an escape room. It's it's all it's all uh manufactured to be a period of time or to be in a certain place and basically applying it to that. I think it's interesting, but you're right, man. When I saw the names Amazing Race, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> and Queer Eye and queer I'll show I. up, I was like damn they got yeah. some diversity of yeah. like genres on this thing because my wife is actually re-watching amazing race and i've, I've caught a few episodes with her yeah. and it's crazy to think about how that show really operated about just to do these missions and stuff like that and if you take that and you apply it to what they're doing here and a, a very what looks to be lured out uh fictional story that has mysticism and it's a real adventure i think kids are gonna love it i think parents are gonna love it too
0: yeah yeah it does look like it's kind of trying to to meet that uh that that in-between market I I do think it's like I'm not gonna lie at first I actually thought it was a real fictional fantasy show um that had like you know crappy voice dubbing over top I you know like Disney recently has been introducing more international content with terrible English dubs over the top. Uh, and these kids kept like, they kept covering their mouths in certain moments at the beginning of the trailer. And like the camera kept cutting away from them during the trailer. So <laughs> like I legit thought this was one of those films and I wasn't too intrigued. But then the moment you sort of realized, no, 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 no. This is a reality show. Um, yeah. It's, it's dope. And shout out to the cinematographer, Mark Cole, who has clearly done an excellent job shooting this show to make it look so Cinematic. I think the fact that it it does bring together, as you said, Lord of the Rings, Amazing Race, Queer Eye, uh, and the creators of it is what makes it intriguing. It's it is funny though that the trailer says like nothing you've ever seen before because this is actually a revival of a show called The Quest from 2014 uh, that was the mm. same idea. Uh, and actually, I look back at some footage of it, and honestly. The production value looked pretty dope. Like, I kind of want to go back and watch that one as well. Uh, that one had adults as the Paladins instead of kids for this one. So it, it's it's going to be interesting kind of what they do. But it reminded me a lot of um, the same idea as like Murderville from earlier yeah, this year, exactly. right, With, on Netflix. Exactly. But this is just their sort of focus on, on the fantasy genre instead of the cop genre.
1: For sure. And it's about teenagers that are going to have to do teamwork and work together. And, you know, it is it is really amazing the leaps and bounds that these reality shows have have made in a cinematography capacity, you know. But what looks really interesting is that there's going to be moments where they're story related for Mm -hmm. us, the audience, to understand and give context. And then it's going to cut to I feel like these these kids doing these games and puzzles with their their guides that are obviously in character like that's the other thing like it it all really does fit so there's this you see the, sim, the familiarity of reality tv show doc style but then you see these epic cinematic scopes and obviously crazy ass visuals that are going to be there and you know that if if the kids are there seeing that it's going to take them out like there's that moment in the trailer where it's there's a triangle that's glowing blue and they're like, Oh look. And it has this yeah. ray of light. And you, you either know one of two things. It's like that thing was probably just glowing blue and they right. added the ray of light later. Yeah. Or, you know, they, they, engineered and put in the brightest friggin' light that could create that it, and it's more probably likely the former that it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah it's the former for sure right like it's it's definitely a cgi thing and it, it looks like they're going to help tell the story i'm very interested in this I, I think i'll actually check this out to see how it how it all pans out
0: yeah i think i'll check out the the first episode i think from the idea of the storyline though it is going to be interesting to see if they it'll i feel like it's going to be rather light you know what I mean? I feel like it's going to be not like sort of something where you're like, "Oh, I got to find out what happens next week." You, the the thing that'll c- get you to come back is the will my team, will my favorite person make it through uh, the entire way? Will my team win, or will my you know? So we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, that's again May 11th on Disney Plus, uh, eight episode series, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out. I, I don't know if we'll if we'll get a chance to. Review it or what that's going to look like, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But Justin, I, I need I need to bring up this final trailer here. This is something that I am so freaking excited for. Prehistoric Planet from the executive producer John Favreau and the producers of Planet Earth. Director John Favreau has teamed up with BBC Studios Natural History Unit. To produce Prehistoric Planet, which will use CGI to tell the story of the dinosaurs over the last 66 million years. Get this. With narration by the frickin' goat himself, David Motherfucking Attenborough. Uh, this is coming out on May 23rd uh, with a new episode each day uh, on Apple TV+. Plus. Justin, Prehistoric Planet. Like, come on.
1: Dude, it looks like... It, it, it basically looks... Like as it's you pitched it, you know, Planet Earth, but with dinosaurs. Yeah. I think it's funny that John John Favreau is is behind this. You know, he he's he's got his fingers in in George Lucas's property. Now he's gonna jump over here and do dinosaurs, and maybe you know have some fun in the in the Spielberg world, if you will. Sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> less of the nar- narrative Hollywood story, but more of the sort of documentary. Like I, I like this idea of trying to. Um, basically create a, a documentary out of what it would have been like based on the the advancements in graphics, right? And the ability to tell that story. Like, I think it's it's going to be interesting. What interests me the most about this is actually the behind the scenes, like what they're going to be able to do to render this.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they are using the exact same tech. Uh, looking at a few articles here, they are going to be using the exact same tech as Favreau used for the Jungle Book, and for the live-action Lion King mm-hmm. movies, so um, it is going to be really interesting to see, and uh, it is kind of cool to also note that, like, not only do these have the updated technology, but they're also uh, incorporating the latest findings from paleontologists. Of the dinosaurs, so it's, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. so it's going to be stuff that is is very recently discovered, which I think is what makes yeah. it super exciting for people that have been maybe uh, fans of dinosaurs for a long time. I know for myself, like, Dude, I was obsessed with dinosaurs growing up and we would get these documentaries even then, but when I was watching them in the early 2000s, the CGI was always at a place that never lived up to like the environments that they shot yeah. them in. So to see the right. like the quality of this production from, you know, of, of what they're doing to have, you know, David Attenborough himself narrate the entire thing. And dude, <laughs> this did, you, is crazy. did you see who's doing the did you see who's doing the music? Ludwig? Nope. Guess again. Come on. John Williams? No. 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 I mean, that would be pretty cool, too. But he just won an Oscar. Zimmer? Hans Hans Zimmer? Motherflippin' Zimmer, dude. Hans Zimmer. That's crazy. Is doing the music for this documentary dinosaur show. And I am just, I'm so, I'm so elated by it. You have to check out this trailer if you haven't already. Um again, watching this on Apple T V plus in full four K HDR on an OLED dude. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm so um, ready.
1: Yeah, it looks great. I'll definitely I'll definitely be checking it out and maybe showing my nephew. Hopefully he'll 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 be like shocked. He'll yeah. think they're real. Yeah, you yeah. well I, I would I would. I mean again, I think it's
0: it's 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 just so cool to see how far the technology's come. I, I think back to the movie Dinosaur. Uh, which is one of my mm-hmm. favorite very sort of underrated uh, Disney movies but um, honestly it's it's like one of those documentaries grew up and met me in my life where I'm at now and I'm just I'm so it's such a <laughs> it's, I'm so stoked and it's such a gift look forward to us talking a little bit more about this in the future uh, but that is it for trailer time um, we're gonna we, we're gonna come to the end of the show here we're going a little longer than normal but uh, um, you know, we just had so much to say. Uh, and yeah. so <laughs> before we kind of wrap things up, Justin, let's uh, let's quickly shout out some whatcha, whatcha what you've been watching, okay. what you've been uh, reading, what you've been doing, whatcha, you
1: Well, I have been reading, actually. Um, oh, I have been enjoying my new iPad mini. Mm-hmm. With uh, a little Marvel Unlimited on it, so it's a great little device for reading comics. And uh, the comics that I've been reading are uh, Ms. Marvel and mm-hmm. Moon Knight at the moment. I'm kind of going back and forth between those two. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just falling in love with reading these comics again and seeing the 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 sort of imagination of the story, and also knowing that they're bringing these characters obviously into live action. You can't help but obviously draw some of the parallels of, of what maybe could be going on and what's going to happen, but you also get to really see how the MCU is so different from these comics and how they are going to treat things uh, differently. The comic universe is its own universe. The cinematic mm-hmm. universe well, is its own universe, so yeah. it's not about necessarily having it being carbon copy of right. that. Uh, even just reading Moon Knight and, and knowing what's happening, I can see, I, I, would, I would think that it's it's very clear that that the comic series is more of an inspiration for this yeah. show rather than it being a direct carbon copy of it. So I, I I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying that I'm learning another side of of this hero of this character, and I'm really excited that I'm getting you know sort of reintroduced to Ms. Marvel. I'm only seven issues into that one. With with Moon Knight, I've I've crushed about like. A good chunk of, of the twenty sixteen run from uh, Jeff Lemire and uh, I think it's uh, Greg Smallwood does does the artwork, um, the design the the work of of this comic book series is is so well done. Each each world feels a little different in inside of it, so it's it's a lot of fun to read and especially when you're experiencing it in 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 a digital form um and miss marvel man i love the artwork in miss marvel oh, dude. i didn't realize it transitioned at a certain point and the artwork kind of changed halfway through yeah. uh, the 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 series but it's it still feels uh influenced from what came before it so it's it's a lot of fun to be reading these things and i don't know i should be reading more honestly i should, probably should be reading more so yeah. it's a good thing <laughs> absolutely yeah man
0: i i was um i think we we kind of had a very similar inspiration i'm also reading uh, comic books on an iPad <laughs> Mini as well, uh, and I've uh, I yeah I jumped into G Willow Wilson's run of Miss Marvel as well from uh, her 2015 to 2019 run, and yeah man like I think the the most impressive thing that I found with a lot of these comics is their readability the 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 way that they flow from from dialogue box to dialogue box and and one of, you know shout out to the either whether you go with Marvel Unlimited or just their Marvel app but they have this guided mode that I'm just in love with because it it literally zooms in. Right, yeah, and it's like I was telling uh, Justin off-air, like, you know, there's a moment where a character will be talking about something that they're looking at and they're they're building it up. And, uh, you know, you kind of swipe to the right and then it zooms out to show you the reveal of that character, which you Mm -hmm. wouldn't get on a normal comic. Um, But I, I also just love as well, like, kind of getting into to comics that like the, the comic marvel comic universe they don't they just have all the liberty to do whatever they want you know what i mean like there's going to be random characters showing up like we're, we're talking about multiverse of madness and we're getting hyped for random characters to show up in this this multiverse yeah, they don't normal. they do, it's just normal in comics they just <laughs> they show up hey i'm here hi you know random uh characters will appear and you're just like what like like I don't know, man. I, I it's 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 interesting to see just how many liberties they can take because they don't have to pay an actor. They don't have to, you know, worry about too much in terms of continuity. Yeah, yeah man. Well, definitely check out the Marvel app and the Marvel uh, Unlimited app. I know DC also just launched, uh, at least in Canada now, uh, their DC Infinity or DC Infinite uh, app as well. So uh, definitely check that out if you want to read some some Batman. Well, that's it. Um, for, for this week in Geek We hope you enjoyed This week in Geek And if you did Make sure to subscribe to us Wherever you like To listen to podcasts And if you want to Write into your show With your thoughts On this week's news Or any of the content We cover uh, Well I'm going to go ahead And I'm going to toss that Right on over uh, To the old dinosaur himself Justin to let you know How you can reach us
1: I resent that I'm still youthful <laughs> My back still hurts though Whatever yeah,
0: I, I could have called you A hairy dinosaur If I was being more Historically accurate so. True True True, that is very true.
1: Uh, Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or on Twitter at geekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric.
0: I guess I should have said feathery. That would have made more sense, feathery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, and games, including our our recent spoiler-free reviews uh, for Judd Apatow's The Bubble and our spoiler free review for everything everywhere all at once uh which as of this recording i still have not seen uh but i know kevin and justin broke it down and gave their thoughts uh and speaking of everything everywhere all at once justin you actually uh, just a couple hours ago got to sit down for an interview with some pretty cool people do you care to share uh what's coming up
1: yeah dude they were pretty cool yeah i sat down with uh, dan kwan and daniel scheinhart better known as Daniels. Uh, They are the directing, writing duo behind everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, Yeah, I had a great conversation with them about uh, just sort of the creative process of, of bringing this thing to life. And uh, they answered some questions about the MCU. Well, one question, um, which was uh, a surprise. It was a surprise for sure. So, yeah, you could uh, go check that out. Um, I think I think by the time this episode drops, it'll be out. So let's go with the safe bet and say it's already out now. uh, And you can uh, you can go ahead and enjoy it. it is fairly spoiler free. So I think that that's a plus, too, because, you know, uh, we want you to get hyped because the movie does drop in theaters this Friday, April 8th. It is fantastic. It is, I think, w- thus far my favorite movie of the year, it, just because of how inventive it is. So, yeah, it was it was a good time.
0: Well, it sounds like the perfect thing to listen to, maybe on your way back from the theater after seeing yeah. this movie when it comes out yeah. uh, for wide See release it. on April eighth. I am so yeah. like, I've already got my tickets. I'm so stoked. Uh, I cannot wait. Also, uh, keep in mind we also have our ongoing weekly watch club. Uh, you know, speaking of Moon Knight, for Marvel's Moon Knight, which will be dropping the same night uh, that the show airs on Disney Plus for the next couple weeks, uh, and then we're going to go back to our Friday releases for episodes four, five, and six. Uh, but I'm so, so freaking excited to see where this show goes. Um, especially now that, you know, we're we're getting into the comics and we're reading a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. further in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I cannot wait to see kind of also just everyone's reaction uh, to the series it has been really, really neat uh, to kind of be on that side of of seeing that ahead of time. So I definitely cannot wait. And you definitely have to check out our watch clubs where we break down everything we loved, uh, or maybe didn't love about each episode. So give, go, go give those episodes a listen and leave a five-star review if you don't mind, because we are Geekcentric and you can be too, which means you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash Geekcentric. And if you want to tune in live and keep the conversation going while you know watching me do some gaming or opening up some Pokemon cards or just talking crazy stuff about Moon Knight, uh, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash NatePlaysGames. You can also follow me on Instagram at NatePlaysGames. Justin, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. And as we say, love ya. Peace.